Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brand Your Practice podcast, where you get to learn about branding, marketing, and scaling your private practice. I'm Brent Stutzman, and today we're going to be talking about the four types of companies who may want to buy your mental health practice. And to help me do that is Brian (laughs) Giribaldi, owner of Clinical Care Consultants and Lake Cook Behavioral Health here in the Chicagoland area. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Hi there. Thanks, Brent, for having me on. Yeah. So we, you know, we, I had you on to talk about this crazy idea of what it's like to own, you know, what if you own two private practices, which you do and how you actually manage those. That was the conversation we had right. last time. And one of them, I think you actually bought, uh, or yeah, one of them you actually bought. Uh, but then you messaged me last week and you said, Brent, I have this podcast idea. Uh, I've had three or four people reach out to me right. to purchase one of my private practices and we should talk about it. So I'm like, all right, Let's do it. And you kind of said there's like really four different kinds of companies looking to buy your mental health practice. So jump in. I'm ready to have this conversation. Right. Just wanted to let's see. These four different kinds are there's many shades of gray here. These are just the way my brain has like organized stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of just to get more a uh, better picture of like who these people are and everything. Yeah. But um, but everyone who owns a practice, private equity and larger organizations, they are coming. <laughs> they are coming for our industry, and uh, there's all sorts of implications to this. I said, Brian, we should do something else on that. Like, what does this mean for our, our for our industry overall? But that should probably have separate time assigned to it. But sure. uh, bigger companies are coming. Um, let's see. I, I I purchased clinical care consultants almost two years ago, about a year and a half ago. That combined with me being owner of Lake Cook Behavioral Health, I think I'm on the radar more for these people a lot of people reaching out to me a lot through linkedin actually um mm-hmm. but just through email just i'm on the radar and um i so think what, they're, they're coming what does that <laughs> what does that look like i mean on on linkedin like what are they saying they go hey we're looking to buy some practices like yours <laughs> uh, uh are you interested <laughs> and then you're like who are you and then you go to their linkedin profile and what do you, you see yeah you start clicking like what are you and seeing what? are these are these do they have any, are they like private equity? Do they have any, are they other clinicians? I'm curious, like what you're seeing. Well, well Brett, I'm categorizing them into four different types here. That's, that's our title. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's great. So yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, tell me. I don't know. Where should we start here? Um, let, let's see. You know, there's some cases where, um, we'll start with the more friendly kind. Okay. There's plenty of cases where the, the people or person who wants to run a practice is, is like retiring or doesn't want to run a practice anymore. And they might want to either sell to somebody within the practice or sell to another practice owner they know. I think this is less common. Mm-hmm. You know, they could sell to other, maybe internally, like they, they're kind of sunsetting. They're like, okay, they're older. They don't want to do it anymore. Um, th- that's not, I think we should spend the bulk of time talking about, but that's a lot more friendly. One of your staff people, your clinical director decides to purchase the, uh, the, the practice, even if it's just one location, um, that can happen. That's not really going to focus on, cause I feel like that's a little easier to navigate for people because mm-hmm. they know the people, they have a relationship. Um, in, in my case, I had a relationship with Ross who I purchased it for, uh, from, and, um, it was just a little easier to navigate that way. Um, so, and then there, I mean, there comes all sorts of questions about how you evaluate the organization, but I think we should for sure apply that to other, other, other entities coming in. Okay. So that, that's the first kind is like the friendly, kind, like someone you have an established relationship with, mm-hmm. like a, a staff person, another peer who may have another private practice or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But again, I want to focus on that. That's that's easier to navigate. There's kind of three other buckets I've just again, these are me internally where I put people in. Yeah. One of them is major big corporate organizations. Okay. Like a big organization that um that may not be working with you as much, maybe telling you what to do. Okay, big organizations. One is an organization that wants to come in but wants you deeply involved for an indefinite period of time to help run it, to help maybe do some expansion or things like that. Mm-hmm. The third one I have is it's it's very like I haven't gotten I've talked to these people much, but they're kind of a group of people, maybe not even mental health. Other, I've talked to a few people that are attorneys mixed with some doctors that have put together this group, this investment group, and they reach out to me and they don't have like much strategic direction. And they're like, are you interested where they're, they see this as an opportunity, but they don't have much background. Mm. Um, so maybe we should start with those. Um, and how we got this role, like lately, I've been talking to people all the time and I think it's, uh, I, you know, I don't want to scare my staff. You're like, Oh, I'll just sell will and illy or things yeah. like that. <laughs> we should hide this from them here. But like, you know, I'm a small business owner, entrepreneur brain. And when people go, Hey, we're looking to buy your practice in their major company. I'm a guy who likes to open doors and set, and I like to say yes to conversations. Mm-hmm. This doesn't like mean anything about, uh, about like me selling next week or anything like that. But I want to like know what this looks like. Sometimes this has, I really started talking to people because, Hey, if I want to do something else in 10 years, 15 years, I'm establishing that relationship now. Now that may be more strategic than a lot of people think, but Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of, what I had in mind initially when I started talking to people, Hey, along the line, I, if I want to sell or do something else, um, instead of like running the practice, whatever it is, I want to make sure these doors are open because yeah. that's kind of what happens. You say, Oh, somebody talked to me five, 10 years ago and, um, and you're familiar and it's, it's easy to get rolling that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started talking to people. I'm like, what does this look like? And I'm just like interested on the business end. It, initially when I talk about it, well, like with the side to sell now, I've had a real growth trajectory over the last five, six years. It mm-hmm. seems like the worst idea ever for somebody like me. I'm a younger owner with a lot of growth activity, with a lot of freedom, what I want to do. Why would I ever want to sell this? Or um, um, at the end of the day, if someone's oh, like going to pay you Boku millions of dollars, um, are you going to sell your practice? Well, and then how about this? If someone's going to give you millions and then you're still going to be in charge of your practice, so what about then? Hmm. Mm, you think so I'm interested in these conversations and um, I'm interested in open doors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I bet there's a lot of stipulations if you're like, Hey, we know we want to buy your company and you stay on. I mean, it's sort of like, I bet there's like non-compete stuff that's happens. Like you can't start your own practice after two, three, four, five years, you know, whatever, whatever they say, you know, there's, sure. there's a lot of that too. I would imagine. Sure. There's going to be a lot of details, all depending on your arrangements they have with them. Um, a lot of these organizations know that they need you in charge for at least a year. Mm-hmm. If they come in by and then you're gone that minute, that's a problem. And that is because I think running a practice and having successful group practice is so much about relationships and is mm-hmm. so much about people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think my staff feel supported by me and they like me and feel like I can, I can steer the ship in the right direction as far as it affects them on a day to day level. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I have a million thoughts on this because it's so interesting in general, our industry is probably the worst industry to try and consolidate. 
when I say that on a corporate end, it's tough for corporations to consolidate us because anybody, once you got your, once you're fully licensed, can just put your shingle out and just have a practice. I know someone who's mainly telehealth who reserves space at the library. Okay. This is through, I don't know. They, they reserve space at <laughs> the library regularly that they have. And I don't know that's the best practice as far as like confidentiality <laughs> goes. But talk about no overhead, mm-hmm. consolidating clinicians like seems like a crazy idea. But yeah, well, um, I mean, you think about, okay, so COVID has changed everything with this mental health and you see the explosion of better health, which is like kind of a software driven, uh, you know, yeah, software driven kind of thing in order to connect clients with clinicians, very, right. very hands off. Like they're just the middlemen. Right, um, right. But I would imagine since you're starting to experience a bit of a, a, a this heating up a bit, like this is also showing. This, so the market is telling us mental health counseling is where we should be putting our dollars. Like investors are thinking because of COVID right. is basically locking in growth for the next five to 10 years. Right. <laughs> That's and, how I and, see it. Right. And telehealth is what a lot of these companies are leaning on. They either have a telehealth basis mm. or there's for sure a telehealth component on these one of these two types, either the giant corporations or the people working with you, they all have a telehealth component. Mm-hmm. The other one that's a conglomeration of just people that are coming in, they're not really like in the loop as much. They just see the opportunity, but they don't really know where to go. I mean, are you so. seeing, are you seeing like hospital units? Cause you know, there's been a, in Chicagoland, there's been a massive consolidation of hospitals just eating up each other. Right. So I didn't but know if they're sort of like, they want to bring, right. if they want to bring mental health, like advocate or, you know, Northwestern or, you know, they want to bring in a mental health practice and bring it under their, under their umbrella. Are you, are you seeing that at all? No, I think that was not sort of the fear, but that was what people thought was going to happen like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I for sure talked with other clinicians saying hospitals are going to come in to consolidate. Um, that never happened. Interesting. Okay? Okay. Whether they just didn't see it at that time or what, what I'm seeing now is private equity or these other organizations. I literally had five, four either secondary or introduction calls last week. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you got to jump in. Like what, what does the conversation look like? What does that look like? <laughs> Okay, so first of all, because I've had this discussion a few times, I have to tell them we can like cut to the chase in here, is that these are usually bigger organizations. Um, all right, now, now there's the giant organizations, but let me talk about a lot of the people I talk to. They're, they either have, either in a certain state, they have like 10 or 15 group practices in a different state than Illinois, because I'm in Illinois, mm-hmm. um, or they have other areas of interest, whether it's nursing or if it's uh, or rehab or they're an ABA autism groups that they have some practices, but not really expanded in outpatient uh, group practices like we are. And they're trying to expand that and they're trying to like, they're all trying to roll out a, a national model. Okay, so like a national chain kind of national model, mm. I'm a medium, medium practice. I don't even know how big I am, but, I, you know, I have like 25, 27 therapists. Mm-hmm. They see someone like me as like a stepping stone to start to get a foothold because we have five locations. Do that five or six times. Come in, um, probably eventually transition to their corporate name. So it wouldn't be Lake Cook Behavioral Health. They would start with our name and kind of transition that. Mm-hmm. That's what I think a lot of them are trying to do. Okay. So they come build, in, build build out a footprint quickly, like right. Mm-hmm. 
launching off. So not like setting their own group practices, but launching off somebody like me where they come in, got the foothold and then expand from that. And if they see a profitable model, kind of use the model to like expand and say, oh, Brian is a good model. This is high profitability or low overhead and this mm-hmm. is working. What does Brian do? Um, I think some of these organizations are interested in me personally because I have a background in like business operations and mm-hmm. technology. So yeah. they're like, oh, can Brian, we can leverage Brian here. So for me, it's additionally complicated. I think most other therapists, directors and stuff like that wouldn't do like a national rollout mm-hmm. um, because mm-hmm. that's not how a lot of us are, a lot of you guys, us are built. And I just happen to have that cross set of skills. Um as far as what they want to do. Got it. So this is, I'm kind of like talking about that, that, that not the giant, giant corporation, but the, that middle tier about, they want to come in, they want to work with you. They want you to run your practice and then eventually have you help to like maybe build out practices nationally. That's what I'm seeing. Mm. Most of these conversations here. Okay. So they would come in, they would buy you, they would keep you in place. Again, this is what I was saying earlier. They need you in place as a director, okay? Because they can't just take you off the board. This is all about like relationships, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they mm-hmm. need you to do that. To come in and, and buy a practice and have 20% attrition off the board is not uncommon, okay? So like these companies can't come in and be like, oh, I'm going to replace Brian and then just keep everyone. Like I haven't had that kind of talks with them, but yeah. it's not, you know, because then we just put out their own shingle. We have to really provide a service. Right. And I think the relationship is what keeps people attached sometimes, you know? Well, the, uh, a business owner, you know, practice owner like yourself, they also think like, well, what if I don't want to stay? Like, what if I don't want to stay inside the business? Right. Like I'm too close to it or I'd rather just not work. I'd rather just, I'd rather just take my check and, and right. go like right. you could, you so could, <laughs> yeah, like you could, you could, uh, which by the way, you know, as I, I've, I've been listening to some podcasts on, there's a great podcast if the listeners want to go to. It's called Built to Sell, but it's usually more technology. But they talk about all the different type of exit plans and carve outs and right. blah blah blah. I'm still learning this stuff, but um, but it's some some people put in the deal like, yeah, I don't want to have anything to do with this business. I'm too close to it. It's better if I can just sell it and get out. And um, right. Uh, but there are times where businesses like, actually, I want you to stay in for a year. In fact, we're going to tie the second payout or a third payout or a bonus if you can stay on for a year and keep certain growth measures in place, then right. you'll get your full payout at the end. So there's all these stipulations in it. Right. Performance or continuity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And some people want you there indefinitely. Some people want, Oh, you're doing good profitability after we've finished paying whatever this off, we'll just make profit year after year. If you have good growth and, you know, so someone's going to come in and give you some money and you keep your good, your position, you know, like that's appealing to some people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess, guess what, what would be appealing to you? Let's say, cause you know, like you said, like, like, let's say hypothetically, you're like, okay, you know, I, I'm interested. What would make me, what would make you interested in selling? Like what would be the terms? The terms? Oh, I mean, I'm super tough for these companies here. All right. <laughs> I'm super tough because... I've had a big growth route. I don't know. Since I opened private practice, I would I I like to calculate a seven hundred percent growth route uh, arc. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, and like, I'm probably the toughest guy to work with, and I'm not like retiring. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so these people behind me, beware! You gotta like to even get my attention. It would have. I don't know what's. I need this, a certain amount of commas and zeros. Uh, right. And so the, it's millions. 
Yeah. Uh, is that my benefit? And this, you know, I always like to go back to Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, I know a guy I listen to. Yeah. There's so much of this that you have to like know yourself. You have to really get in touch with knowing what you want for your life existential. This could drastically change your life. Yeah. And it could also, and it could also, I don't want to say ruin it, but to sell something like this can take one to two years. Like it's not, it's not an overnight thing. Or to work with them for a big corporation. Like somebody comes in and buys a majority share and they say, Hey, we're knocking all your people 10%. Like, and I'm, Oh, and Brian, you have to tell everybody. (laughs) Like, this is not a fake. This is a totally real thing that happens in corporate America all the time. Yeah. And this is more likely to happen when there's that, I forgot if it was the first or third group, when the bigger companies come in who are just most interested in profitability mm-hmm. and that are less interested in like working with you and your value system, those giant companies are more likely to do that. They're going to settle in yeah. and then they're going to see how can they make the most money. Well, here's the other thing is like, because it's so relational, you know, there's probably a lot of therapists who are like, I don't want to work for a big company. I, you know, there's a lot of therapists who are like, look, I've worked for agencies before that are like 50 people. I was burned out. I know what these people want. I know what's expected. I actually like kind of the smaller feel. I like some of the flexibility I have because they're right. going to come in and want to own you. Own right. it. Right. Minimum, lock you down calendar, maximize your space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have such flexible space. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, am I going to come in here? And I'm like, sure. Like, I'm like, <laughs> I don't need to have 95% space utilization. Like I'm just, maybe I make more money, but I'm just like, not worried about that. Like, oh, yeah. 80, 85. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Whatever guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I can probably do a lot of things to make more money. I just, you know, so what, so what, so what, what's like the first question you ask them when you have these conversations? I'm curious, like, you're like, Oh, Hey, yeah, thanks. What? And then you just cut to the chase. I ask them what they have in mind. Like, what's the plan here? I I put it on them a little bit. Um, as far as do they have an idea? Okay. So they purchase me. Do they want me on board? Um, do I stay? What's the rollout plan? I kind of really put it on them. Like what's, what's the idea? What's the strategy here? Mm -hmm. These smaller groups that I said, maybe four or five, six professionals with money. I said that, that third example or whatever I said that like lawyers, mental health people maybe mixed together. They often don't have a strategy. They don't know how to like get deep into the conversation. They're like, Oh, we're really open to a lot here. And they don't really have a plan. So those conversations stop fast because I'm just like, these guys don't know what they're doing. Um, They just see this as an opportunity that we're profitable and there's well there's a lot of lawyers and doctors out there no offense to them if they're listening (laughs) but they're they might they might make great lawyers and doctors but a lot of them are terrible with money like they're terrible (laughs) with business right and they're looking to get together a bunch of them and say hey how can we make an investment in a growth area which in general is good but they're just not deep in enough i feel like to Mm -hmm. really to really work it really and to provide enough money and be in so someone like me would be comfortable. So that's just like, um, yeah, those ones don't go very far. And it's very <laughs> interesting. That's, it's a whole category. I've talked to just enough people I'm like, wow, this, these people fall to that bucket and they're, they have a very soft sell and are very non-concrete. Mm. And um, yeah, those roll off kind of quickly. And I just give me a lot of comfort or, yeah. Do you, you ask know? like, do you ask them like, Hey, have you done this before? I mean, who, 
like what's your record in doing this with mental health practices? Right. Or how many times they've done these purchases and things like that. Yeah, I for sure have. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's good. You know, we want to make sure we transition this, this conversation soon to what these organizations are looking for exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go for Let's it. Don't be confused. I mean, they're just me as an operations kind of guy, but they are most interested initially at your profitability. And within mm-hmm. a few conversations, they're going to want you to sign an NDA, which is non-disclosure. And you shouldn't worry about signing an, a non, an NDA or non-disclosure too much. Okay. This just means that, Hey, you can, and it's a mutual that, that's, um, like for right now, I'm not mentioning any specific organizations because mm-hmm. I have a non-disclosure. I don't know where that line is, but I'm just like, um, I can't mention I'm in talks with particular people. Mm-hmm. And they, if I give them numbers, they can't release or say anything about my numbers to the general public. Right. Be like, oh, my practice isn't really profitable and talk about it on Facebook or something. Like um, <laughs> they can't do that. So the mutual NDA is to protect everybody during these conversations so you guys can talk. Yeah. Uh, talk bones, talk meat and potatoes without like that, that information getting out yeah. there. It's very much like a, want, like a discovery process. Right. Like more They're going to watch your accounting numbers, which could, which could make a lot of work on your end. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're going to watch your accounting numbers. They're going to watch your profitability called EBITDA, E-B-I-T-D-A. All this means is earnings what is, before, you know, whatever. I don't even know what it stands for. What is your yearly profit, net profitability? What are you really profitable at? Mm-hmm. May or may not include your salary. Okay. How, what is your EBITDA? And then they're going to take some multiple of that. So an EBITDA multiple of five means your yearly profitability times five. So when I'm really like, they ask all sorts of details about our practice, I go, oh, what's your guys' EBITDA multiple? <laughs> like that's cutting to the chase. And they mm-hmm. may avoid that question because it's hitting too close to home for them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Ordering them into an answer that they may or may not want to give. Okay. Because they don't want to overshoot. They want to overpromise. That's right. Well, you don't want to give away, too. I mean, you don't want them to price anchor you either. So you could right. be like, look, I'm looking for five times EBITDA or ten times. I mean, that would be insane. Like right. ten times EBITDA. Maybe. I do not think, Brent, I don't think ten times is insane. All right. All right. Some people have said in some industries in the past that are hot, they've seen double-digit EBITDA. That means it's 10 or higher, right? Yeah. EBITDA. I don't think we're at that right now. So let's say, for example, um, like hypothetically, let's say you're profitable $500,000 in one year. Right. You know, great profit, Mark. Great margins, EBITDA, EBITDA 500000 So you're, you could say like 10 times that $500,000. That's my sell price. $5 million would be 10 times EBITDA. Now, the industry is not there. Mm-hmm. I think we should, um, even if I'm not selling, I think we should do whatever we can to push ourselves there because we want to be valuable, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Can never sell, but I still want a high EBITDA multiple because we have a good financial industry here, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. not cut ourselves short here. Right. If somebody's like at the end of their career and don't have people that are going to take over, they might take a low multiple because, hey, they're like 75 or 80 and retiring. They are profitable 500,000. People are like, hey, we're going to give you $2 million, stay on another six or eight months, and then we'll transition. That might be the perfect arrangement. Okay. Yeah, so I don't yeah. want to like dislocate. It so much has to do with what you want and your position. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, but it's so much about this EBITDA multiple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's good. Great. So everyone's got to pay. So everyone's got to kind of know their own numbers. People are like, oh, I have a practice of five people, but I want two million dollars. Well, it's not going to happen, guys. You have to know your profitability, 
right now? Are they working like a five multiple? Yeah. For a guy like me, looking straight at EBITDA multiple is just like not going to work. Again, I have a huge growth trajectory. I'm a younger guy. I could just sit down in my position for 20 years, slack, sit at the beach, um, work remotely, see my telehealth clients. And even that multiple fives is going to like, not even like, yeah, it's a conversation killer if that's what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Great. What else do you have? Uh, so let's see. So that's kind of, let's see where are we, I'm trying to organize. I'm yeah, trying yeah. not to have just me spitting stuff out here and trying yeah. to organize my thoughts here. Um, the bigger companies are, again, are going to be less personable. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're just coming in. They're going to, they're just looking at profitability. Now they might not pitch this. The people talking to you may not come across that way, but I'm just telling you the bigger the organization, the more they're talking to shareholder type people are driving this, the more that's like, I think yeah. more people right now are a step below that. They want to work with you, grow out a national model and kind of see if you want to just stay in your practice or if you're going to help regionally to kind of do this thing. And now, um, can I ask, are, are these people like brokers? So they may not work directly for the company, but they're working on behalf of the company. Are these like brokers coming to you? Maybe initially. No, I don't really even talk to any brokers. I okay. literally, um, it might be a conference call with their executive team. It might be a conference call with their development person who then I have a call with a CEO or something like that. Okay. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, and I'm just like, like it's, for me, this is just a version of like, uh, this is a version of like, what would it, like, of opening the doors, but until I talk to the CEOs, to me, that door isn't really opened, okay? Mm. So the fact that, like, it would take some extreme situation for me to, like, consider that, um, you know, it, I don't feel like I'm wasting their time. I'm really figuring out, like, what's going on with this. I'm for sure engaging this conversation for business intellectual pursuits way more than like maybe a regular practice owner. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't really feel like I'm wasting their time. I'm just like seeing what doors are there, what these really look like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like what does this offer really look like? They haven't like committed to anything like that. So I don't even really know. It's not that much different than a initial conversation yet. Okay. Um, Okay. Now so, I know I know we were going to talk about I I'd love to I because th- I think we have a little time to talk about uh, like what this means for our industry but I'm curious if you have other thoughts on this I mean yeah, I know I you have thoughts but <laughs> I think that's a bigger deal as far as like a right everyday therapist who have a small practice what does this mean for our practice and our industry I think that it's profound um, but I don't think it's necessarily tragic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's best to look at this about how uh, private equity and other organizations have come into other, other, other uh, niches. Okay. For example, physical therapy, they for sure come in and physical therapy, there's ATI and all these other chains mm-hmm. that do physical therapy. Is there individual th- physical therapists? For sure. Same with chiropractic, which overlaps uh, chiropractic. Um, there's for sure chiropractic chains, all right, but there's still individual people who have, who put out their own shingle and have mm-hmm. their own practice, stuff like that. So, you know, it's not like anybody can like force you to sell. You know, that's maybe they used to be that they're like, yeah, these, these better, companies, yeah, with technology. These companies, Instagram was bought out and taken over. Well, they're offered billions of dollars, and the owners yeah. are like, I'll take that billions. That's yeah. what's really happening. Okay. There's only like 20 people working at Instagram at the time or something like that. <laughs> I know. That's a whole different craziness. <laughs> and I'm looking to help recreate this craziness. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, your EBITDA doesn't show like that much. I'm like, okay, well, I still want to attend. And are you looking to expand? <laughs> what about this other company? Here they come. They're contacting me. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, because like I think if those who 
have watched in their communities, you've seen smaller independent doctors. It's sort of like join or die type of thing for some of these, for the dot, like either you're an eye surgeon or something. Cause I know like, like, so you're familiar. I always think about Wheat and Eye Clinic. So right. they have lots of, lots of still independent, but I know there's pressure. I know there's pressure to get swallowed up the by the hospitals. Exactly. What is the pressure? Well, a lot of it has to do with, well, they have a strong brand, which is important. Right. Uh, but they, it's basically the internal referral. So doctors are going to refer internally, most likely than externally. And if there's other eye doctors, eye surgeons, retina surgeons, whatever, right. inside of a hospital system or a healthcare system, they're going to refer to them. Right. They're going to keep them in house. And so your ability to grow or to stand out or just to get those referral sources, which I imagine are important from other doctors, um, those are going to slowly go away. Right. And so I, I always think about Wheaton Eye Clinic because they have a strong brand, great surgeons. Um, but that, I, you know, I'm sure that's a conversation they're having a lot. That they will be. Okay. So again, I said before, this is so much about relationships. I, especially our industry has so much to do about the relationships. It has mm -hmm. to do with our relationships with our clients. It has to do with the director's relationship with their staff. Mm -hmm. It has to do with the referral relationships, doctors referring to us. Um, and what are the implications when a giant chain opens next door? Well, I really think that if we have good relationships, the, the implication is negligible. Okay. Does that mean my clients aren't going to talk to their friends, refer to me? No, that's not going to happen at all. Cause it's about the relationship. Mm -hmm. they, Wheaton Eye Clinic, they're like, hey, I did, they did a really good job here. I need to do this. They're going to refer their friend. The fact that some major person uh, building is on the corner doesn't really matter at all. Mm. Um, the doctor That's true. says, oh, this therapist does a great job. They follow up. Should I go to this big box place or not? We're like, probably not. Mm. Um, I, think, I think practices that are reliant on cold community referrals like a Google – ads google business that are just that are just through google search i think people like that are susceptible all right um and some practices it's so interesting i even talked to you a little bit we're like where are your referrals coming from we talk about google business and stuff yeah. like that like being able to run a report on how many of these are like friends how many of these are like mm -hmm. old not assigned um if you have a relationship with a the school they're not going to suddenly turn around and refer to this big box or now it's possible they may have a, a good marketing team that builds a lot of relationships and comes in, but sure. that's, so it, it's important to keep on the radar, but if you're good at relationships, I don't think you'll be impacted as much. Yeah. So that's, that's not true. why it's some big monster coming in. Um, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I, I, one last example is like the OBGYNs, like with midwives and stuff. I just know there was a, there's stuff even in the Hinsdale area that, you know, there's a lot of pressure on hospitals to, you know, they were aggressively pushing them in to have, what do you call that? Visiting rights, attending rights that you can actually right. deliver, like deliver, you know what I mean? So I, right. you know, there's, I don't think therapists have that kind of pressure. Uh, obviously. That is a real concern though, mm -hmm. what you're talking about. Okay. So the concern really, I feel like is on the political end and on the leverage end mm -hmm. on how giant corporations have traditionally leveraged that. Mm -hmm. um, I brought this up already in all sorts of Facebook groups I'm in where they said, hey, CVS has now had counselors in the CVS. There's counselors that can see people in CVS 
and CVS is owned by Aetna or vice versa. I don't know. They're just giant yeah, organizations. Huge. Yeah. And would they eventually Aetna, Aetna, you have to see our people at our CVS or our clinics and everyone else is out of network. Now, this isn't like something's going to happen next year, but right. is this the direction? This has happened in other industry, guys. This has happened in mail order pharmacy because I used to work in pharmacy that, oh, you need your fertility meds. You have to use our mail order. Right. So this political wedging out is something I don't think we should be freaked out about, but we need mm-hmm. to keep on our radar as far as like what's going on. Does this mean that we just sell? No, I'm not saying that at all, but I think we need to be aware of the stuff. So when things are actionable that we could prevent this, but the political yeah. leveraging, I think is the real medium to long-term uh, worry about this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, there's, this is going to stem so many other conversations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're just about ready to wrap up, but I'm curious if you had any other thoughts on it. Cause man, my, like, I think, I think you're right. Kind of just to share this is like, as a business owner, just kind of keep your finger to the pulse, just like, right. just to see what's happening around you in the healthcare space. What's who's buying who, where you, where do you see names changing brandings and right. things like that? Um, yeah. and for seller owners, I think again, back to Gary V, I think you got to know yourself and what you want. Um, that is like everything. Um, there's a lot of freedom that comes with running a practice, working on your terms and freedom and options is so huge. Like mm-hmm. it's really got to start there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think that's a good, that's probably a good point to end with. Yeah. Know yourself, especially you when, know you, when, what you want. when you have, yeah, know what you want. It's lifestyle. What do you want for your family? And then does that number fit that? If someone wants to, right. to, to buy you, come up with that, you know, figure out that number. And if it, you know, Maybe there's a minimum threshold. Like, look, I'm not even going to talk to you unless you're looking at this number. And then, you know, <laughs> next... just don't even open the door. Yeah, I that's right. Down to it. I don't know. That's pretty hardcore, but I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't waste my time. I'm busy making money. Right. right. <laughs> Whatever we, we want to do. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Well, Brian, I, uh, well, I guess if people have questions <laughs> or maybe interested in buying you, where can people find more about you or if they had any questions or anything like that i'm best at brian at lakecookbehavioral.com so all right that's me. <laughs> okay good well thank you well i'm really glad thank you for like reaching out saying hey i got an idea i, I really enjoyed the conversation it makes me you know it gets gets my wheel spinning a little it's bit. Brain explode, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you could get into consulting someday on how to actually sell practices and buy probably them. Probably could, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. If you found this conversation useful, please subscribe, share it with another practice owner friend, and join me the next time for the Brand Your Practice podcast.